DW Africa Link And we have a great show coming up for you today. South Africa's case against Israel over accusations it is committing genocide in Gaza opened in The Hague this week. African governments have largely refrained from making statements. But the Organization of Islamic Cooperation, or IC, a grouping that includes close to 30 African nations, and Namibia are openly supporting South Africa and the Palestinians. How will the complaint be handled by the International Court of Justice? Who are the legal minds involved? And what do people in Africa have to say about the case? I'm Crispin Wakideo, and this is the story of the week on DW Africa Link. But before we dive in, here's Jen Nyingi with the World News in Brief. DW News. Welcome to the news. My name is Jen Nyingi. Yemen's Iran-backed Houthi rebels have vowed to retaliate for U.S. and British airstrikes, which they say killed at least five people. The strikes prompted tens of thousands of people to protest in the capital, Sana'a. The U.S. and U.K. said the strikes were aimed at protecting international trade routes after multiple attacks by Houthi rebels on Red Sea shipping. Iran has condemned the strikes. The incident is raising fears that the war between Israel and militant Hamas group could expand into a wider regional conflict. But what does this escalation mean for the Red Sea, one of the busiest shipping channels in the world? Here is Ian Rabley, a senior fellow at the Center for Maritime Strategy, an unprofit, no-partisan think tank. Unfortunately, this is exactly what the Houthis have been waiting for for about 10 years. For the last two months, they have been very consistent in attacking global maritime commerce, which is really an assault on all of us because we are all dependent on the free flow of goods all over the world. And no matter where it is, it's going to affect our supply chains. And the Red Sea is a critical choke point. Uh, and so they've been doing a very good job of, of making global commerce more difficult. Um, I've been watching the Houthis for a long time, and they do not act like the rest of us. The Houthis ha- have a very particular uh, mindset. They have a particular mission. And unfortunately, we played into their hands. They're terrible playmates, and, and they're enjoying this play. Israel has wrapped up its opening statements in the case of alleged genocide brought against by South Africa to the International Court of Justice in The Hague. Israel's defense team strongly rejected South Africa's allegation of genocide in Gaza. It told the court that Israel was not seeking to destroy the Palestinians, but to protect its own people in its war against Hamas. Addressing the ICJ, Tal Becker, a legal advisor for the Israel's foreign ministry, criticized South Africa's handling of the case. The entirety of its case hinges on a deliberately curated, decontextualized and manipulative description of the reality of current hostilities. The attempt to weaponize the term genocide against Israel in the present context does more than tell the court a grossly distorted story. And it does more than empty the word of its unique force and special meaning. Myanmar's military government and an alliance of ethnic minority armed groups have announced a ceasefire brokered by China. The deal should end months of fighting in the northern Shan state, including in areas near the Chinese border. This news is coming to you from DW in Bonn, Germany. Security forces in Ecuador have been conducting nationwide raids in a fight back against criminal gangs. Police have arrested more than 350 suspects in response to a wave of gang violence and the detention of prison staff by inmates. 
and Catholic bishops in Africa have rejected Pope Francis' declaration to bless homosexual couples. The Symposium of Episcopal Conferences of Africa and Madagascar, SECAM, the umbrella body for Catholic bishops across Africa, said in a statement the Vatican's approval of same-sex blessing is inappropriate. For more news and information, head on to our website, dw.com forward slash Africa. My name is Jen Nyinge. This is the story of the week on DW Africa Link with me, Crispin Mwakideo. Today we are looking at the complaint by South Africa against Israel that is being heard at the International Court of Justice, the ICJ. South Africa wants the court to order Israel to stop its military offensive in Gaza, accusing Israel defense forces of committing acts of genocide. Israel has vehemently denied the accusations, and this Friday, the lawyer representing Israel took to the stand at the ICJ. There is no genocidal intent here. This is no genocide. South Africa tells us only half the story. Israel is guilty of genocide. We cannot deal with Hamas. Only Israel must be stopped from protecting its citizenry and eliminating the egregious threat that is Hamas. We cannot deal with Hamas. Meanwhile, we must bind the arms of the state of Israel. Hamas is for some other body. I conclude. First, the core of genocide is intent. Without intent, there can be no genocide in law. It is true for the merits. It is equally true for provisional measures. Any prima facie consideration, indeed, of intent, even at this preliminary stage, will only demonstrate its absence from Israel's activities. Second, there is here no dispute under the Genocide Convention as at the time of submission of the application, as alleged by South Africa and as required for prima facie jurisdiction. Indeed, South Africa's own precipitate activities with notes over recent weeks demonstrates the lack of its confidence in this respect, and that is telling. Thirdly, the right to be protected in the provisional measures procedure cover not just the applicant, but also the respondent, and chief amongst these rights is that of the right and obligation to act to defend itself and its citizens. This must be considered and weighed by the court as against the false accusations levelled at Israel. And the lawyer representing Israel at the ICJ was responding to Thursday's arguments brought by the lawyer representing South Africa. Take a listen. Palestinians in Gaza are being killed by Israeli weaponry and bombs from air, land, and sea. They are also at immediate risk of death by starvation, dehydration, and disease as a result of the ongoing siege by Israel, the destruction of Palestinian towns, the insufficient aid being allowed through to the Palestinian population, and the impossibility of distributing this limited aid while bombs fall. This conduct renders essentials to life unobtainable. So how did we get here? On October 7th last year, Hamas, the militant group that controls Gaza, staged one of the deadliest attacks in Israel's history, killing 1,200 people. Hamas also took more than 200 others hostage. Mind you, Hamas is designated as a terrorist organization by Israel, 
the US, Germany, the European Union, and other governments. In response, the Israeli government declared war on Hamas, and since then, Israel's defense forces have bombarded Palestinian territories, particularly the Gaza Strip. According to the Hamas Ministry of Health, which operates in the Hamas-controlled Gaza Territory, more than 23,000 Palestinians have been killed. The United Nations has warned that the humanitarian situation in Gaza is worsening amid growing internal displacement. Okay, now back to the case at the ICJ. In its complaint to the Hague-based court, South Africa invoked the 1948 UN Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. South Africa has the largest Jewish population in Africa. Listen to what Karen Milner, head of South Africa's Jewish Board of Deputies, had to say about the case. The South African government have taken the Israeli government to the ICG on a case of genocide. This is a matter of immense disappointment for the South African Jewish community, who had expected our government to act in the way they had with every single conflict since they have been in government, including genocidal conflicts, which is to strive to bring both sides together, to be a party that can assist in finding peace in a way that works on the ground. We have not seen this being done by South Africa in relation to the Russia-Ukraine conflict, in relation to horrific conflicts occurring throughout Africa, including at the moment in the Congo and in the Sudan. In fact, last week we saw South Africa greet with immense warmth one of the ex-warmongers from the Sudan who had been complicit in their genocide. That the South African government have chosen Israel as the one and only Jewish state to take to the ICJ is a real disappointment for our community. That was Professor Karen Milner, the head of South Africa's Jewish Board of Deputies. Now, in the first two court hearings in The Hague, dealt exclusively with South Africa's request for emergency measures ordering Israel to suspend its military actions in Gaza. South Africa and Israel are both signatories to the UN Genocide Convention. And it's worth noting that 18 African countries are among those that have yet to ratify the convention. Namibia this week signaled its support for South Africa in pursuing the case against Israel at the ICJ, while other governments in Africa refrained from commenting. But the support of many African governments became apparent when the influential Organization of Islamic Cooperation, the OIC, issued a statement backing South Africa. Nigeria, Cameroon, Ivory Coast, Djibouti and Mozambique are all among the 30 African countries with membership to the grouping. The Gambia is also an OIC member. And we ask people in the Gambia what they make of the case that is now before the ICJ. It is a very good move because it reflects South Africa's commitment to advocate for human rights and supporting those affected by conflict them expressing solidarity with Gaza showcase their stance on global humanitarian issues and the importance of addressing conflicts through legal means. So like the saying, he who feels it knows it. So South Africans were also segregated during the apartheid. Their rights were violated. Some were killed, some were prisoned like Nelson Mandela for over two decades. 
so they know what the, the, the Gazans are going through. So for them stepping up and fighting for them through the legal means is really commendable. It is just like when Gambia stood out for Myanmar, just to see that justice was served. All African countries should stand up and support South Africa in this, in this step. What Israel is doing is killing innocent people. So South Africa, I mean, taking the lead, take Israel to the International Criminal Court, is something that is to be, should be commended by all and should be supported, in fact, worldwide, particularly African countries. Obviously, I mean, we all have seen it. The evidence is obvious there. So my expected outcome is to ensure that South Africa win this case. Because we have all seen, I mean, it has been reported everywhere, particularly on, on the mainstream media. We have seen uh, Israel soldiers killing innocent people, I mean, they have also been accused of, uh, if it, not accused, in fact, killing journalists, killing, I mean, Red Cross volunteers, and killing even international workers, like UN workers and other issues. So that's, that's alone. Killing children, I mean, bombing hospitals, bombing UN places and others. So that's alone tells that, I mean, South Africa have a case. And I'm quite sure that at the end, end of the day, I mean, they will win this case. I think South Africa is very bold enough to do that, looking at the situation that is unfolding. A lot of young people have been killed, and we all know that uh, it is fundamental human right for people to live without any crisis or any incidents, fracas, altercation that can come from between nation to nation or within domestic, in fact. I, I think that this is time. And the world needed a government or needed a country that will at least stand. Several bombs have been made. Innocent people have been killed. Children have been killed. Refugee camps have been destroyed. So I think we need a bold government like the South African government to really push this to the international court because they deserve right to live. They don't deserve to be killed like that in the streets and in their own territory. Those are Gambians sharing their views on the case. In Kenya, where I am from, it is unclear what the government's position is on this landmark case. Here's what some Kenyans had to say about the case. It's a bold move for South Africa to make, to take such a legal action. And uh, honestly, I think it should, it should have been done um, earlier as, uh, the I, as the International Criminal Justice Court is there to handle such cases. As much as I support South Africa for making such a uh, move, I honestly believe uh, South Africa could also take the initiative and uh, first try to solve their internal problems such as um, the energy um, reliability crisis in South Africa. Yes, I am keenly following the case and I agree with South Africans that Israel has violated several international laws which are legally binding as the massacre and displacement of thousands of Palestinians is still ongoing and there seems to be no end to it. So Israel should be held accountable and South Africans and the world in general have the right to call out on Israel as the Palestinians came through for them in their time of need. So crimes of, in, uh, of humanity against Palestine needs to stop and I expect the rest of the world to stand by Palestinian people in seeking their rights. Where South Africa is coming from in taking Israel to court for committing crimes uh, against humanity from the Palestine, they come from a place of struggle as well. And they know how difficult it is for a country to even find independence or even build their own economy or even having a place to call home, how, how that feels. So if South Africa feels the need to stand for another brother or a sister 
in another nation. So be it. We cannot all wait for a whole generation to go through intensive struggle, abuse, uh, inhuman acts, so that uh, they can understand another situation like that. A section of Kenyans giving their take on the case brought by South Africa against Israel at the ICJ. You're listening to the story of the week on DW Africa Link, and we brought you the views of a few Kenyans on South Africa's complaint against Israel in the International Court of Justice in The Hague over alleged genocide. Now, to help us break down the legal process, I've been speaking to Dr. Thais Bognet, senior researcher at the Neod Institute for War, Holocaust and Genocide Studies in the Netherlands. I began by asking him to explain the difference between the ICJ, that's the International Court of Justice, and the ICC, which is the International Criminal Court. The Hague is basically the host of many different courts, which are international. Um, They can be war crimes courts, or they can be courts that settle disputes between countries. And the main difference between the two most important courts in The Hague is that the International Court of Justice is a court that was set up after World War II and is basically the highest court of the United Nations and settles disputes between countries, basically governments, whether it's about borders, that's usually the case, or in this case, a question about possible violations of international treaties. So it's about state responsibility and state liability. So it pertains to governments. The ICJ cannot prosecute people, so individuals like you and me, if we are alleged to have been involved, for instance, in genocide or war crimes or crimes against humanity. There's a different court that does that. So that deals with individuals and individual criminal responsibility. And that's the International Criminal Court, which is also in The Hague. So hence the confusion as well, because they sit quite close to each other. But the ICC is a very different organization. It's also much newer. It was established in 1998. And its sole task is to prosecute individuals for allegations of crime of aggression, genocide, crimes against humanity, or war crimes. And it doesn't deal with state responsibility for these crimes. Yeah, thanks for that explanation. Now, we know, for example, that the ICC, the International Criminal Court, has arrest warrants for serious violations that include genocide for both Sudan's former president Omar al-Bashir and then recently Russia's current president Vladimir Putin. So what would be the reason for South Africa to choose to take the government of Israel to the ICJ and not to take its prime minister to the ICC, for example? (laughs) So the reason is, you're right, the International Criminal Court has, has actually one outstanding warrant of arrest for the crime of genocide that's against Omar al-Bashir, the former president of Sudan, not against Vladimir Putin. He's being wanted for war crimes and crimes against humanity, which are different crimes. The problem with the ICC at the moment, but also in the future, is that a state cannot allege a crime of a specific individual and bring a case to the ICC. It has to, so they say, refer a case to the prosecutor, and then it's up to the prosecutor to investigate the facts, and then from the facts, um, they might find an individual or individuals that may bear some responsibility for crimes, and then they can be prosecuted. 
That's something that's already ongoing. So the prosecutor of the ICC is already conducting his investigations into um, Israel and uh, the territory of Palestine already for some, some while, but arrest warrants have not been made. So basically the only power to make an arrest warrant is uh, in the hands of the prosecutor of the ICC. Why South Africa goes to the ICJ is that this is a broader question of state responsibility, but also a question of prevention of genocide. So this is a case that really surrounds the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide um, of 1948. And the United Nations uh, members who are part of that convention actually have an obligation, first of all, not to commit genocide, then second of all, to prevent genocide, and third of all, um, to, to punish genocide or punish people who have been involved. Uh, in genocide. And this is why South Africa brings Israel now to the ICJ, saying that what is currently ongoing, and this is what South Africa say, might be genocide or is genocide, or Israel fails to prevent genocide or stop genocide. So what it's asking for these two days are provisional measures. So basically it's asking the judges to order Israel to stop what it is doing currently, when it might violate the Genocide Convention. See, you have to understand what the crime of genocide is. And the crime of genocide under international law means specific acts done with the intent to destroy members of a national, a racial, ethnical, or religious group, as such, in whole or in part. It's a very complex definition. And if you look at that definition, it also implies that it requires a pattern of behavior and also a sequential part of behavior. So it's not a one-time event, usually genocide. So this is why lawyers say that the attack by Hamas um, on, on 7 October possibly is not genocide. It could be a war crime, though. It could be a crime against humanity, right? It could be an international crime, but not genocide, because that's such a specific crime which is targeted against the people with the direct intent to destroy the entire group of people. Just to bring our listeners up to speed, because there is a similar case that was brought to the ICJ again by the Gambia, against Myanmar. Can you sketch maybe a little bit of background on, on that case and remind our listeners how it came about and whether there are any similarities between that case and the one that South Africa is now bringing against Israel? Cases might look similar, but, but contexts, of course, are, um, are slightly different. In Myanmar, we're speaking already about events that happened um, quite some years ago. There were um, high risks and warnings that the government of Myanmar was involved in genocidal acts against the Rohingya people. And this is a violation of the Genocide Convention, so then it actually makes it a case that can be prosecuted or dealt with at the ICJ. And basically any state that is also a member of the Genocide Convention can bring before the ICJ any other state that's also a member of the Convention. And this is what the Gambia did. The Gambia wanted the ICJ to make a ruling, specifically in that period, for provisional measures, which basically means um, direct orders to the state of Myanmar to stop doing what they were doing at the moment. So basically calling upon the state of Myanmar 
to uphold their obligations under the Genocide Convention to prevent genocide. And that's a similarity at hand now. So South Africa is also asking directly the ICJ to order Israel to change its behavior and prevent genocide and perhaps also prosecute people who might have committed genocide. So, so basically that, that's the, the similarity. Um, although the cases, of course, are, are very different and also applicable to a different region, South Africa's motivations might also be very different from the Gambia. Um, the Gambia had nothing to do with Myanmar. It's a different context, different country, but South Africa in its application, which is 84 pages long, stresses as well some similarities they see with the Palestinian state and, and, and the history of South Africa, where they would talk about a larger pattern of policies of apartheid, for instance, of occupation, colonialism. These are crimes, of course, that South Africa is concerned with to, to a very large degree. So that's why South Africa is taking the lead in this case. There's actually a possibility for different states to also join South Africa or Israel, for that matter. It's quite interesting um, still that South Africa is doing this genocide case over Israel in, uh, in the Gaza Strip. Because um, many years ago, um, South Africa actually was in violation of the arrest warrant for Omar al-Bashir for genocide when it actually hosted al-Bashir on South African soil and did not arrest him, but actually had him leave the country back to Sudan. So it's, it's always a bit tricky to see what the real stance is of the country in terms of uh, international criminal law and question of responsibility, whether as to who is the alleged perpetrator. So it's... Um, it's a bit, bit controversial as well. Talk to us about what should we expect next in terms of the actual court operations, proceedings, mm. the time frame, you know, within, the, within which the two sides have to present their legal arguments. So what, what happens are initial presentations of um, the case, the application, and also matters of jurisdiction, because the court still has to make a ruling whether it is the appropriate venue to actually make a ruling on uh, on this issue. But also because the application is for provisional measures, um, the case is now already being heard because it's an interim ruling what South Africa is, is asking for. So not to make a determination already on the question of genocide, but basically to make a term- determination prima facie whether genocide might occur or is occurring and that uh, the state of Israel should stop certain acts that it's involved in. So so you can actually see it, perhaps, what this initial phase is about is South Africa basically asking for a restraining order until the real case about the merits of the case starts. And that's a much longer procedure. So the establishment, by fact, by law, whether genocide has happened and is happening in uh, the Gaza Strip. This can take years. So the first case that was brought before the ICJ over the question of genocide was by Bosnia against Yugoslavia in 1993. And a final ruling was only made in 2009. So it can take 16 years, right? (laughs) For the definitive answer to the real genocide question. But for these days, the most important thing is to change the behavior and to talk about prevention of further acts of potential genocide. So, so that's what is at stake. So basically you're saying that from the court, we, sh- we could expect a decision in years to come. 
Yes, so, so, so basically we're talking about two decisions. So the first decision is on the application of provisional measures. So basically that's a court order saying to Israel, please stop doing what you're doing while we look at the case and we reach a judgment. So that's step one, but that's an order. However, the judgment is on the merits of the case, and that's basically the establishment whether or not Israel has committed or is committing the crime of genocide. And that's a much more difficult question, which, which can take many years, which, which happens in, in many cases of genocide, because it's one of the most difficult crimes to prove in court of law. And before I leave you, let's talk about the money involved. Uh, what costs would South Africa probably incur in seeing such a case brought to the ICJ and it being seen through? Wow, that's a great question. To be honest, I have no idea. But I think you can imagine that usually lawyers are quite expensive people. And then if you calculate that a case can take up to 16 years and you have to pay a good batch of lawyers for this period of time, um, it's, it goes, well, at least over a million dollars, I would say, to present such a case and to do such a case and maintain such a case and, and get the lawyers going. It also depends on how much um, effort a state wants to put in presenting evidence. So then it requires investigators, for instance, next to um, lawyers to to find documents, to find arguments um, that can make a case even more expensive. So basically, it's upon the states of, um, of South Africa to pay the price for application they have made at the ICJ. For Israel, of course, the same applies. Um, they also want to have good lawyers to present a good case and present a good argument. This is the story of the week on DW Africa Link, and that's our expert guest, Dr. Thais Bognet. A big thank you to Benita van Eysen in Bonn, who contributed to this edition. On behalf of the technical crew here in Bonn, I'm Crispin Mwakideo, wishing you a pleasant weekend. DW Made for Minds